I'm sorry. My wife just passed me a note that says, make the coffee and put away your stupid coats before I burn them. And then arrow fire. Oh, she drew little, she drew some fire. God, I love my wife. You can, you can, keep, you can keep that in. That can be the cold open if you want. It's currently 1130. Welcome to Chapel Bell Curve, a stats-focused podcast about UGA football. I'm Justin. And I'm Nate. And today we're going to go over the Sanford game, the much-anticipated Sanford game. And then we're also going to go through the entire SEC East as we all kind of ramp up and get ready for the bulk of our SEC play. So I hope you are ready, Nathan. Uh, dude, I, I've transcended the normal, <laughs> the normal binds of time and space. And I've become stats destroyer of gods. You really something. have. Yes, I think I'm very much ready. So uh, I think, you know, as usual, let's start out with more of our subjective takes, how our days were, what our sort of just like soft observations were before mm-hmm. we really get statsy with it. So let's start, let's start with our, do you have anything about the experience, your, you know, experiential stuff that you had going on in terms of the way the game went um, for you as an experience and not even involving the actual plays in the game? Uh, oh yeah. So I don't know if everyone knew or not, but this was parents weekend and parents weekend is a crazy time for parents to one, apparently relive their glory days and two, do things or convince their children to do things they really have no business doing. And so that was the bulk of my day was getting ready uh, for the just droves and droves of all the beer drinking dads coming in and drinking all the Bebo and Tropicali. Uh, So that was how just my day started two, huh? bebo and tropicali yeah really? <laughs> or also bibo bibo is a good one too bibo. but we get a lot of uh mispronunciations of our beers but that was most of my day and then the the actual game uh i, f- I got to start in about the second quarter went over to heather and ryan's again my um, brother and sister-in-law and watched the game with everybody over there and it was a really good game i enjoyed very much uh i have a lot of observations about just kind of the play overall but um Started out kind of slow, but ended up um, doing what we needed to do, and of course we won. Nice. So, what about you? Um, yeah, I mean it was kind of your straightforward red coat experience for a um, cupcake game, except it was at seven thirty, which was really nice. So it was weird. Um, yeah, it kind of it kind of cuts your day in half in a, in a weird way. I'm used to generally speaking for twelve thirty games since we've been the twelve thirty darlings for several years. I'm very much used to um, getting up at like five doing the game at 12.30 and being home by 3.30. And I really like not having to be there until 1, but it does kind of just, like, you don't get to see any... You don't get to see the rest of the games. You don't get to see any of the good games. And we weren't even playing a good game, you know. So it was fine against Notre Dame that I couldn't see any any of the time primetime games, but mm-hmm. not being able to see any game but Samford, uh, us versus Samford, was kind of frustrating. But, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good experience. Um, I thought, you know, the band played really well. Uh, there's always a lot of, like logistical stuff going on and so a lot of my time on game day up to the game is very much just like nope now go here and now we have to be here in five minutes now okay let's go over here and now uh yeah i gotta direct and make sure like that we're not falling apart okay now we gotta go in the stadium and now we gotta feed them and now we gotta like make sure nobody gets heat stroke and um (laughs) i mean those are all like really important that's like what most of my job is actually working with redcoats so uh that was saturday was definitely a day that because i was not as like hyped about the game that was really i feel like i was spending a lot of time doing that kind of stuff babysitting yeah well i mean in a way yeah i mean it, it's 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 not babysitting so much as it's like 
It's like you're thinking so they don't have to almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like they have they have to you got to get the you got to get the band members so that they can just play and march and perform as well as they can. So yeah, like you said, you have to take care of a lot of the like okay well we have to be here and i've thought of this so that you don't have to so just walk over here and and right now and don't think about it Mm -hmm. um and so there's there's a lot of that that goes on but you know in terms of the game itself it was really nice by the time we got back down i i'm always i like bodyguard the battle him soloist up to his place yes um or her place by the time we got down from battle him we already had shade which was really really nice I was really happy about that. Didn't they just put out the Tennessee time today? Yeah, three thirty. It's three thirty. Got that CBS game, son. That's pretty good. Yeah, I know. I'm really excited. I I don't know if I'm going with the band yet or not, but I might go anyway, um, just because I have a lot of friends. I lived in Knoxville for two years, so I might go up there just to, um, you know, re- get reacquainted with some folks or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so do you want to talk about observate like just your subjective observations of the game like what do you think about what what stood out to you outside of the numbers biggest thing I, i've been watching jake from pretty closely just because that's the you know the kind of the, the hand we've been dealt so to speak and so uh the things i've learned just from watching jake from is this boy is fearless that can lead to good and bad things and we saw a little bit of both i think in this game he is uh he's confident he is fearless he sits there in the pocket and he's not afraid of anything coming at him, which is fantastic. But also that fearlessness can lead to mistakes, which we did see in this game as well. Um, a fumble that led to him being pulled uh, and Bryce Ramsey going in. And so it's a little bit different. But other than that, Nick Chubb looked uh, like old Vic Nick Chubb, which was really great. I saw um, going up the middle, not nearly as successful, but he did have some kind of pitches and sweeps that were really great. Some pretty textbook, uh, just like, left and right sweeps that if it were anybody else maybe not have maybe it wouldn't have worked as well but this fact that chubb can he's a playmaker um and he's he's got big old legs and he can push just about anybody and shake just about anybody off there were still the same problems with the offensive line it felt um not making holes for anybody um and so that was an issue but other than that i think our wide receivers did well terry godwin is pretty fantastic and our running backs, as always, were pretty awesome as well. Those are just kind of my general observations without looking at numbers. But what about you just being there? Um, okay, so let me pull up my stats report, which I'm about to tweet out. And you should look at it because, yeah, come on. Because I work real hard on it. He sure does. So my biggest, so I had, let's see, a couple of things that st- struck me. Really bad first drive. So bad stuff. Really bad first drive from the offensive line. And my stats report observations, I wrote, Kendall Baker and Lamar Galliard just lose the physical battle on this play, period. Two FCS players, period. Yeah. And I went that like three times on the first drive, so that's not great. No. I think you're right. We did see, like, we saw freshman Nick Chubb again. That was really good. We saw him bounce it out, make some things. And if he can get that explosiveness back, I mean, it's not like that this, his freshman year, we were using a different blocking scheme, but it's not like that this offensive line was overpowering back then either. No. And he was still doing really good things. So if, if that is what we're going to see for the rest of the year, we're going to win a lot of games. Um, yeah. I don't know that that's the case, but we are. I would really liked what I saw from Terry Godwin. I really liked what I saw, even though Mecole had a couple of drops. I think that Mecole is getting better. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think he's shown that like when he gets there, he's going to be great. And yeah. I'm and he he wrote a very sweet. That guy's a DGD. He wrote a really really <laughs> nice Twitter. He had this Twitter thing about how he's going to work on the drops and Dog Nation be patient with me. And it was like, no, 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 buddy, you you just do you. Yeah. Um, but I thought. One thing that I noticed a lot when I, I didn't notice this in the moment, but when I went back, I noticed that we were running, we had, we sh- we were showing, um, presumably Mississippi State, some interesting things offensively. Uh-huh. Um, 
where we would like get into these interesting sets and kind of run boring stuff out of them. Um, so like we had one set that we really liked where we put, we were in this like pseudo pistol where we had, hold on, let me make, let me find it. Cause I've got it written down here like three times. Let's see. Um, we, we had, we were in the shotgun with the running back offset left, usually to the weak side and like two steps back. So in like a pseudo pistol. And so the shot, the, so the, the running back would be like behind the left guard and seven lines behind seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. And then we would go two by one with a tight end in the H back position on the strong side, opposite the, the guard and we are opposite the running back. And we got in that a lot. And what I noticed is that, uh, we ran that on our first successful, we ran that several times in the first half, um, and, and the first quarter. And then our first big bomb, which was a 54 yards to Riley Ridley on a double post move was also out of that set. And I think that that was a very, very much like a pointed message at Mississippi State for their tape this week, uh, was just to prove that like we want to run and throw out of that. We also did some interesting stuff in the fourth quarter and almost like garbage time, I thought formation-wise, where we didn't really do anything interesting play-wise, but we put them in weird formations. Like in the third quarter, we we were in like an ace pro set back with one back, which was Chubb. Then we had two tight ends, one to a side, which was Blazevich and Nada. And then outside of them, we had two running backs at H-backs positions, which were Harrion and um, Swift. And that, like, that gave me, like, the, like, that made me feel feelings. That made my, that, would be, <laughs> that, that, that formation made my stomach feel funny. So, I mean, it's, it, it that's a really fun set because you can run power out of that. And then you've got, like, four dudes who can catch, like, uh, presumably that would probably be Swift and Sony Michelle mm-hmm. um, when we get Sony Michelle back next week. Um, but so if you have Sony, Sony Michelle on that, then you have like two of the better receiving threats, period, in Michelle and Swift on the team. Then you've got two all world tight ends, and then you have Nick Chubb who can just run with like eight dudes up front to block for him. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited by that set. So I thought my biggest sort of like subjective take was that we were doing a lot of. Um, we didn't really get deep into the playbook in terms of the plays, but we were showing them a bunch of looks. And then I think we're going to th- do a bunch more plays out of those that they haven't seen yet. So there was a lot of complaining about how we didn't use, we didn't, we only targeted the tight end once and we didn't mm. target Nada at all. Part of that was that they ran a couple of plays designed for Nada and Jake Fromm got flushed and just didn't hit him. Yeah. Um, actually on the, uh, on the fumble, that was that that looked, was in that set. Th- yeah, that lo- yeah. it was in that set, and it was a tight end. It looked like it was a tight. It was supposed to be like a tight end cross to Nada, but he just didn't throw it. He yeah. she should have thrown in and at least taken four or five yards and let Nada do something. But he thought he could run and get it for some reason. Yeah. I don't um, know what but yeah, that was that's about all I had. Like without getting into the stats, I do think that what you'll see is that. Let me rephrase. If it is that we have not pulled out all the stops and that we are holding stuff back for SEC play, and what we see next week is even if it's the same inefficient Georgia offense, one that's just a lot more creative, then I'll be I'll be very happy. I would be frustrated if we see the same amount of if we are getting in all these crazy formations and we're not doing anything interesting with plays because we saw a lot of like just power run dude on dude runs that just aren't working for us right now and i get that they cannot work for us and we can beat samford mm-hmm. but we need to be doing some more interesting things blocking wise um against mississippi state and if we don't at least try it I'm, i think it's probably a failure on Shane's part okay the only other observation i had was i had a really i was very fortunate well i'm always very fortunate to be able to do this but this week the band played to the north side the like student side and so because of that, I was on the home side because part of what I do at halftime is just like 
make sure nobody gets hit by a football player, make sure we're all getting to where we need to be. And I'm always on the back side of the field from where the Redcoats play. So I was on the home sideline this, this week um, with about six minutes left in the second quarter, which was when the fumble happened and we stalled, we stalled out a couple of drives and then we blocked the field goal. And I thought it was really interesting um, that everybody seemed to... T- I, I thought when we got down there, I was like, oh, Kirby's going to be like, like tearing somebody a new one. And then I saw that like the defense went out because of the fumble right as I got to where the team sits for their like positional meetings when they're not on the field. And um, I really thought I was going to see like Pittman and Cheney. Well, Cheney's not down there, but I thought I was going to see Pittman and them just like tearing them a new one. But it was very interesting. And what I took away from it that I thought was good, even in the moment before we knew what was going to happen was that everybody was very calm and they were using it as like a learning opportunity. So like, the way they do it is they have like a ring of chairs and the center five chairs, they put the five starting offensive linemen in. And then the right three chairs on in the U, they put the top three running backs. And then the left three chairs on the U, they put the tight ends. And then all of the reserves stand behind them. And then you have Pittman in the middle, Beamer over next to the tight ends, and then Del McGee next to the running backs. And so they can have like a positional meeting, but then a whole run game meeting simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was very interesting that even in that moment when it was like, you would think, and I'm sure a lot of fans would think like, oh, is this going to be Nichols? What's what's happening? What's going on? They were very calm. Like Cheney was like, hey, what happened? He was talking to Solomon Kindley and Kindley talked to him. And then he was like, yeah, that's good. And he like pat him on the back. And nobody was, nobody was freaking out. It was more just like, we're going to diagnose um, what's going on. We're not going to yell at each other. And I think that's like a really, really good sign because um, that is not something you saw out of the sideline last year during Nichols. And it's not something you've seen in some of our other bad losses. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the mark of kind of a maturing coaching staff. That's fantastic. So that, that's about what I had in terms of observations subjectively. You want to get into the stats nitty gritty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you got anything that you were just like burning, yearning to look at? In terms of stats or something else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stats. You know, the stats for this game are what they are. We looked pretty efficient. We didn't really throw that much. We didn't show a lot playbook-wise. You know, our stuff rate was still probably a little too high, but, uh, you know, I don't really think either of us have a lot to to say about the actual stats for this game, but why don't we look at, you were saying, let's look at what our ranks look like here, what our, um, our statistical profile ranks look like. Is anything in our actual offensive, defensive footprint look good like anything you want to point out about that i even pointed this out to you before the show started before we started recording that um have a great is my favorite stat i think it's fantastic it's hilarious to think that there is something one called have a great and two a way for you to quantify how well we are our, you know, our our defense is putting on pressure and disrupting things and our our linebackers um are playing kind of just lights out right now we went up to rank nine which is fantastic um the linebacker have a great national average is three point three, and ours is six, uh, more almost you know double the national average. But at the same time, the defensive backs are pretty average, and our defensive line is well below average and have a great. But our linebackers are definitely that comes from all those blitz we've seen in the last three games. I feel most definitely. Um, and, and yeah, and I think the have a great on um, the low have a great on the defensive line might come from the fact that just our defensive line. Um, other than other than Trent Thompson, they're not going to make a lot of explosive no, plays. But what 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 they are going to do is just open up holes and keep that keep those linebackers clean. Mm-hmm. And if they do that, then that's fine. We can we can afford to be average there. 
our didn't we talk about our our standard downs run rate we wanted that to go up and it has yeah yeah we all did. of our offensive footprints gone gone up obviously and that's good a, i mean and game you know the thing is though like i was thinking about this they all have gone up but something that we i think we talked about this off air but like in the past we've said okay well everything should go up and we all should get better and then it didn't yep <laughs> so it's like i i'm fine with i'm fine with it just i'm fine with us just taking care of business yeah and getting the cupcake win because what you gotta understand is not you but what it's important to remember yeah the, the royal the royal you what, what's important what is important to remember is that every good team has their stats padded by bad teams that they play so ju- it, just because we whip sanford that counts just as much as when like Oklahoma State whips Tulsa. Tulsa is better than Stanford, but mm-hmm. but what I'm saying is that like every team is going to play an FCS team. Most teams are. Every team is going to play a low tier FBS team. So we have to take care of business of that like that if we want to be in the top of the S and P plus ranks because that's just like they're not going to adjust out the bad teams you play other than just garbage time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. So I think that's sort of that's really all we got to say about this all game we have to say yeah. Roquan Smith um Roquan Roquan Smith Roquan Roquan Smith Roquan yeah. Smith if you want to see like my man crush evolve my Roquan Smith man, man crush just go on the um stats report and go on to the observations tracked by play and just search Smith and all of them are just like I have nothing to say I love this man and I want to marry him you're like um, the proudest girlfriend I I am the proudest girlfriend <laughs> anytime he makes a play like he when he made that fourth down stop in the like i'm very stoic i posted a picture on our twitter of how like stoic i am during the games but when he made that fourth down stop spot i was like smiling like my child had just like done a piano recital i was so <laughs> excited i was just like oh my god look at him he's so he's so beautiful look god, at him go. he's so good like inside linebacker might be my favorite position in football and he's just so good at it and we just have not had a guy that made it look that effortless and was also that consistent in a long, long time. So excited. Okay. So going forward, now we're going to, as promised, uh, on our abridged Samford preview episode, we're going to go through the SEC East and kind of talk about where everyone stands at this point. It was a big weekend for a few teams. I know that Florida and Tennessee are very different. Uh, Missouri is a completely different team. So uh, you can just tell me where you want to start. Okay. So let's start with Kentucky, um, and I'm just going to run down these overall stats, and you just give me anything you see on their stat report that you think is interesting. And with these smaller teams, we can, you know, are not smaller, but with these um, lower tier teams, we cannot spend way too much time on them. Um, but just whatever, we can just pitch these things back and forth to each other and talk about them. All mm-hmm. right. So Kentucky, um, S&P plus rank overall of, their overall S&P plus rank is 56 um, second order wins differential is minus is 1.4. Um, so they basically are winning. They probably should be like two and zero right now, or two and one instead of three and zero. Their S and plus offensive rank is 57th. Their defensive rank points per game, or the defensive rank is 61st. Uh, points per game, they are 92nd and uh, on offense and 28th on defense. Um, success rate 102. ISOPP, these are offensive categories. So, yes. access rate 102, explosiveness 52, field position 35. Actually, probably have a pretty good punter. Yep. Um, finishing drives 99. Uh, defensively, they've got 70th on efficiency, 42nd on explosiveness, 47th on field position, and 43 on finishing drives. And they have plus three points per game on turnover luck. They have uh, an expected turnover margin of um, two and an actual uh, plus two and an actual plus four. Anything you're seeing here that you want to point out or look at? 
anything uh, aberrant i'm looking at their ranks and i'm surprised they're as high as they are is was i was about all i was gonna say yeah they've got a they've got a couple of things um passing down iso ppp and like how good are they at preventing explosive plays they're 13th in the nation which is pretty good mm-hmm. um offensive footprint they're passing down run rate they're pretty good at running when it's on passing downs which is or they do it a lot which is interesting defensive footprint they're utterly average they've got lb havoc rate is 25 25th which is pretty good actually but yeah you know this this feels like this is a a bad team for the sec east maybe but Mm -hmm. this is like if you look at just their overall ranks they just look like perfectly average and they're pretty bad in some things this is also a team their rushing defense is pretty damn good but they're uh they really fail in passing defense so this is a team that's gonna get thrown on real hard yeah and and you know on the offensive side uh, they cannot protect the quarterback. It does no. not look like PD, uh, passing down sack rate is a hundred and third. Breaking it down a little bit more, if we scroll up to their rushing stats. All right, yeah, yeah. standard down line yards, um, also very bad. Like Georgia, bad, hundred eighteenth in the nation. So not a very good offensive, not a very good offensive line, um, and you know just kind of an okay. Pretty good at preventing explosive plays, keep things in front of them, but not very efficient. So that means they're just giving up these um, these downs, or giving up a lot of third downs uh, on defense. And then also just like utter, utterly average to bad. Ooh. Okay, that's and there we go. That was it. <laughs> so moving on. Yeah, it that's the alarm I use to scare the students when I'm like, all right, you got four minutes to do this. And then it goes off and they're like, all right, three minutes. So Missouri, who is somehow ranked above... Well, this is based off their last year too, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So we're still at seventy percent on the old one, on the last year's results. So, um, all right. So sixty fourth, they are S and P plus thirty. They are 29th in offense and one hundredth in defense. And really, we can just stop the preview now. They <laughs> score a crap ton, and they cannot stop anyone. Yeah, that's pretty much what Missouri does. Okay, check this out. ISO PPP explosiveness on offense seventh. Throw the crap out of the ball. Yeah. Isaac PPP explosiveness on defense. How good are they preventing the uh, having the uh, explosive plays? 119th. Jeez. I think we can pretty much move on. You got anything else? Nah, sorry, Missouri. You suffered a really, really bad loss this past week, too. Yeah, man, to Purdue. Oh. If you look at... Hold on. So their percentile performance is really, really funny. On the Jeez. Look at the Purdue wins. So they lost 35-3 to to Purdue. And um, they had a 0% win expectancy, obviously. Their adjusted scoring margin, eh, whatever. But the one that gets me is their percentile performance overall, which is like, how well did they do against like an average team? Mm-hmm. 8%. 8%. That's like getting back your, your standardized test score and it being like, well, you're in the 8th percentile of responses. Uh, and then uh, their offensive percentile was somehow, and this is actually statistically different or difficult, somehow worse, yeah. which is 3%. And then defensive prefer, uh, percentile, 35%. That cracks me up, man. That was a bad, bad game, Missouri. Yeah, it was. You should be ashamed of yourself. All right, minute and a half. Moving on. Um, (laughs) Vanderbilt. This is where things start to get a little bit bit interesting. Overall S&P Plus rank of 38. 38. You you got their S&P Plus numbers by category. You got them? You want to read them off? Oh, sure. Yeah. So, uh, Vandy is, like you said, 38 S&P rank right now. They're 3-0. We've got five factors box. Their efficiency right now is 30. Explosive 65. Field position 15. Finishing drives 48, then going on the defensive side of the ball, number four rank in efficiency, 39 explosiveness, field position 27, and finishing drives four. And so, and then their turnover, my bad, expected turnover margin is three, and the actual is four. So with plus a turnover luck two points game. Yeah. Points per game. Um, you know, look, they get, they're playing good defense right now. Yeah, they're playing efficiency, really good defense. Efficiency rank of four is really good. 
Um, so basically what that means is that they're really good at getting people in third down and they're really good at turning third downs into fourth downs. Mm-hmm. And um, they're going to keep you behind the chains and they're going to stop you without being super explosive on defense, which they don't have to be. Um, also really, really good at finishing drives, which means that uh, their points per yeah their points per game inside the the points per trip inside the forty is two, which means that like more it is they are more often just not scoring when you get inside the forty on them than they are even kicking a field goal. Mm-hmm. Which if your points if your defensive points per um, points per trip inside the forty is less than three, that means it's like you're actually just more likely to get nothing out of them inside of the forty, yeah. which is actually That's pretty, pretty good. impressive. That's really really good. Um, you know they have not played a murderer's row of offenses yeah but so much. you know kansas state being number 29th ranked they upset kansas state 14 to 7 um on a very bad offensive day 18 percent and an 88 percent defensive uh or defensive percentile performance so you know um 18 offensive day so not very good at all but they definitely play they play a crap ton of defense you see anything in their footprints that you want to bring up adjusted pace of play 130th whoo that's Lord. they 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 do not run many plays. That is they do not. That is for sure. It looks like they've got some really great uh, linebackers. That overall, have a great is two. Yeah, I was about to say there's so your there's your stat mad boy. pressure on people right now. Yeah, that's uh, this is like your this is gonna be your pet team, right? I actually kind of yeah I like I'm I'm excited to see Vanderbilt play. I haven't really watched any Vanderbilt games, uh, but yeah, like their overall have a great two. So with that in mind, their defensive lines fourteen, linebackers five, defensive backs twenty. So they are just like everyone's making plays. Mm-hmm. everyone's moving but i feel like this is a team that we could definitely with the right conditioning tire out if they're moving that much yeah they're not the most incredibly deep uh the most incredibly deep time on either side mm-hmm. but they do have a lot of seniors they do um so we'll see um i think we can kind of put a pin in them because i don't know how much you can take out of anything other than kansas state all right wow that was 130 adjusted pace that's insane i know that's, that's like terrible that's like a turtle walking through molasses slow <laughs> that's like like georgia makes it like is like blurring past them at like relativistic speeds slow all right um let's start with south carolina okay south carolina um 54th ranked suffered a pretty harrowing loss to kentucky in which their offensive percentile was 40 and their defense percentile was 59 so they just like all around kind of stunk which is kind of what their entire season has looked at thus far they have only hit above 50 percent percentile uh, on either side of the ball twice yeah and that was against a very what we now know is a very bad missouri team yeah and then 59 yeah. on kentucky so yeah so not very good yeah i mean it, it they feel to me like just your vintage must champ teams that's going to just ugly games up the defensive rank or offensive rank 70th defensive rank 31st so they might not have totally the horses to play the kind of boring marginal football that Muschamp wants to play where he just wins by one point every game, but mm-hmm. um, they're definitely going to hit you. Um, ISO PPP, nothing really stands out on their five factors. Their best five factor they have is they have um, a much better actual turnover margin. They're getting three points a game on turnover look, so that's not that's something that's going to regress. That's not something you want to see this early in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, national rank, nothing to write home about on their five factors. Um, I don't you know, they're another team that strike me as... I think these guys are more similar to Kentucky than they are to Kentucky than they are to Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. In that they lost to Kentucky, A. Heh. And B, <laughs> in that they just don't have any one thing they do super well. Yeah, I there's mean, really not anything Okay, so through. passing ISO PPP is 24th, so they, they can be explosive. But their passing success rate is 110th. So oh. it's like, they're not that... They're, 
you got to have those balance more than that. I mean, so they're not, it's like when they are hitting on big plays, they're hitting big plays, but they're not hitting big plays very often mm-hmm. in terms of their footprint. I mean, again, offensive footprint, I'm not even going to tell you the stats, 113 rank, 100 rank, 126 rank, 82nd rank on their offensive per- footprint. I mean, that's bad. That's really bad. And then on their defensive footprint, I mean, sometimes your defensive footprint can be a little bit, like, can be a little bit misleading. Like, Georgia's defensive footprint is nothing to write home about. But, I mean, it's just, we said last week, I feel kind of prophetic, because I said last week in the unaired SEC East episode that this was a team that was getting by a lot on special teams Mm -hmm. and and on lucky (laughs) lucky breaks. And that's clearly what's happened. Their special teams, S&P, is down to 108th. Um, the only thing important, like good, they still have is kick return success rate um, because they have Debo Samuel. Yeah, really, nothing to write home about. I think we can go ahead and move on. Yep. I think I think both Kentucky and Missouri, we can kind of, our Kentucky, Missouri, and South Carolina, we can kind of shelve. They deserve each other. Yeah, they do deserve each other. And if we, and you know, now that we said that's, we're gonna lose we're gonna one lose one of them. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tennessee lost a dumpster fire game to Florida. They are thirty first. What's their? Have you got their um, category ranks? 30th on offense mm-hmm. and 47th on defense. So, you know. Yeah, not so bad. Pretty good at field position either yeah. way. Pretty good. Very good at explosive playmaking on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, we saw that kind of in the Georgia Tech game. Just they were either giving up a lot of. They were either giving up stuff. Uh, giving up just like a steady dosage of runs. Or they were like turning the ball over. Which makes sense because they're 124th in efficiency mm-hmm. on defense. Um, so they're just kind of relying on explosive plays. Which makes me think that that's going to regress. Um, so what team are they about to play? They're about to play Massachusetts and then us. I was trying to look at like what's the next big offense they're about to play because I just want to see, someone's going to tear them up, and I'm well, really hoping you it's know us. Georgia, South Carolina, Alabama. Yeah, I mean, if they go one and two in those games, Butch Jones might get fired. Mm-hmm. What are the chances Butch Jones gets fired after before the them? <laughs> no, what are the chances? <laughs> well, I think to get fired before then, he'd have to lose like forty-seven to nothing to uh, South Carolina, yeah. and I don't super see that happening. But what are the chances he gets fired like on the tarmac after Alabama after losing like sixty nine to nothing? I think that there's a chance that he could get fired before the Alabama game because nobody expects him to beat Alabama. So yeah. his best bet is if he loses to Georgia and South Carolina, which is most likely going to happen, yeah. and then does all right against Alabama. Like I'm talking like within two scores of Alabama. That's that's what's going to get him through. That's what's going to get him through, and that'll get um, him the next season. But I pretty sure that won't happen especially since he's got lsu and then he's going to be playing a very good vanderbilt team at the end of the season you know there's i mean they they do some things well standard downs run rate they do well mm-hmm. and it's i you know i mean i'm seeing some some pretty some decent things field position like i said is good explosiveness on defense is good um they haven't been sacked <laughs> yeah they don't give up a lot of sacks you know their passing games nothing to write right uh write home about and neither see what's interesting is neither is their rushing game by number. Their rushing success rate's pretty good. It's 14th, so that's actually very good. Their opportunity rate is very good, but like their stuff rate is 56. But I, I'm just wondering out loud, like how much of this offensive success rate, or this rushing success rate, and how much of the overall kind of mediocrity of, of their run game is because they just haven't been running enough. I mean, I that's think, basically yeah. why they lost the Florida game. The sample size just isn't really big enough. Well, yeah, I mean, but in their sample size isn't big enough because the like the person creating the experiment, Butch Jones, is bad at his job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So that that proves that it's a very unbalanced playmaking, yeah. essentially. All right. Um, I can't believe we got through them fast, faster than we got through. 
I will say, so they are number one in kickoff success rate and kick return success rate, 100%, which, once again, it tells you the sample size is probably way too small, or they've done it exactly once. Well, I mean, they did have a very good special teams game against Indiana State, and Mm -hmm. Florida's not very good at special teams, so that's probably why. Um, Let's do Florida first, and then Georgia, because Florida's still ranked above Georgia, and I refuse to acknowledge that. Um, I'll acknowledge any other stats. Actually, no, they're not. No, they're not. They okay, are. they're ranked behind them. Thank God. All right, so Florida. Still kind of the small sample size problem because they've only played two games. So 80% of their stuff, 80% of their S&P Plus is still preseason rankings, which explains why they're 21st. Mm. Um, if we look at the numbers that we have, so. Based on just these games. Yeah, 74th in offense, 8th in defense. But if you look at points per game, right, 73rd on offense, which fits with their S&P Plus, and then 108th on defense. Which makes me wonder, you know, how much of that is preseason ranking. Yeah. Um, if we're looking down through the numbers, you know, their defensive numbers in terms of five factors are just bad. I mean, their offensive numbers are atrocious. Mm-hmm. 112th in efficiency, 110th in explosiveness, 112th in uh, field position, 121st in finishing drives. Their defensive numbers, 42nd in efficiency, so that's good. 120th in explosiveness, 111th in field position, uh, and then 10th in finishing drives. So it's like... I. This, this feels like a paper tiger to me. Mm-hmm. And now I know saying this that we're going to lose to them. So I'm acknowledging <laughs> that. So let's acknowledge that we're just going to lose this game so I can talk about this in like a rational way. Yes. This team is going to crater because, or I feel that they are, because finishing drives is something that you can be good at, but it does tend to, me, it tends to moderate out, right? Efficiency is something that you can maintain. But if you are not explosive and you get bad field position and then you are relying on just keeping the, keeping teams from just getting in front of the chains, Eventually, that's going to regress, I feel. And if you look at their rushing numbers, I mean, they're just bad. They're just bad. Yeah. they're just bad. Like, their passing success rate is 37th, which is crazy because, like, they hate their passing game. <laughs> their power success rate is 45th, which is, I guess, you know, above average, which... But that's even on defense. Now, their power success rate on offense is 27th, so that's, that's decent. Um, but then it's like, there's really just nothing else that recommends them about their overall stats. Yeah, there's really nothing... And I mean, their defense is, or their offense is just... It's its a garbage fire. Their offense actually might be the worst... No, it's not. Okay. It's one of the worst units in the SEC. So yeah. Let me put it that way. It's, well, it's pretty well, dang bad. What was the passing stat that you just said a second ago that they were actually pretty good at, which is funny because they're... Well, they're... Okay, they're so passing they're, game. they're passing down success rate. That's what it is. Okay. No, actually, no, they're not. No, that's not... I misread like their offense. I thought their passing down explosiveness was 41, but that's actually their defense. Their passing down explosiveness for offense is 123. I mean, I cannot find anything. Like, their highest rank in their offensive footprint is 69th, passing down run rate. Their highest rank in their defensive footprint is, what, 26? DL Havoc rate? This This, is a bad Florida team. Yeah, this feels like a bad team, man. Yeah. And I I don't... They're still going to beat us, and that's fine. (laughs) But, like, I just don't... I don't see it. I just don't see it. All right. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's leave Florida. Yeah, let's never come back here tis again. Tis a silly place. T- yeah, tis a silly place. Very good. Okay, Georgia. So after after our thorough spat, uh, stats padding, our offensive percentile against Samford was actually better than our defensive percentile for the first time this year, 88 and 70, respectively. So that's nice. So we got that going for us. Well, I mean, I think it's good because, you know, our defense is, our defense is not a 70% defense, I don't think. So, so I mean... Utterly average field position um, defensively, above average field position offensively, 48th, 62nd and 48th, respectively. 
But that's good. I mean, we'll take that after our trash. I mean, but if we look at the defense, then we get a little salivating in the rushing. <laughs> Fifth in rushing success rate. Ugh. We have a 25% average rushing success rate. The natural average is 41st. Oh, God, that's so good. It tastes <laughs> so good right now. Um, 128th in offensive stuff rate. So, you know, that's the bane of my existence. Uh-huh. And let's see. There's one other thing. If you have anything else to vamp on for a second. Uh, let me see. I want to check our special teams real quick. We got defensive footprint. Yeah, once again, like my favorite stat is the havoc rate. But um, yeah, I just think our defensive line is just making a lot of good holes for our linebackers to play a great game. Um, we're going to continue to have huge crushes on Raquan Smith because now Raquan Smith is a grown man. And let's see what else is good. Let's okay, go okay, okay. Teams. So here's what I'm, here's something I want to point out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so our defensive op- so opportunity rate. Is the num is the percentage of the time the offensive line does quote unquote does its job and gets the rusher at least five five yards? Mm-hmm. Our opportunity rate for offense is thirty eight point seven, which is actually seventy first in the nation. Now I do want to say, based on where I thought we'd be at this point in the year, that's not that bad. No, not at all. Um, our our opportunity rate for defense is ninth at twenty seven percent. So twenty only twenty seven percent of the time on run plays do offensive lines get their rush running back more than five yards against us, which is really good. In terms of any other, let's see, rushing, the only other rushing thing I wanted to look about, we had pointed out, um, and let me get down to standard downs. Standard down line yards per carry, 2.92, um, 6.8, 60th in the nation, which I said that I wanted us to get up to the national average, and now we have. So we we're a little bit under national average, but we're no longer in the absolute effing basement. Anything else you're seeing here? Our special teams are fantastic. And by fantastic, we mean utterly average, not losing <laughs> us teams. Actually, no. Uh, they're actually 14. really good. Yeah, they're yeah 14. 14 in the nation. That's actually really good. Um, and you it know, comes from our fantastic punter and uh, what's-his-face, Nizelik. Yeah, you know, I was standing behind him yeah. uh, at the game, and he he was on the exercise bike. You know, they, like, kind of, they tried, the specialists try to stay loose, and so he's sitting on the exercise bike. Uh, sorry, I was standing behind him, and he was on the upper side, and he was he was on the exercise bike, and they put on the song "Party Up," which is the like "Y'all gonna make me lose my mind" song by yes. DMX. And he was way more into it than I thought that a person of his age would be. <laughs> I thought that I, I I think I think I'm older than I am sometimes because he's like actually in his twenties. Yeah, because he's a graduate. He's, like he's a graduate student. Yeah, yeah. So, but he was like really into that song, and I was like, "All right, I see you, Columbia grad," <laughs> like just rocking out to some DMX. I also saw Tyler Clark sitting on the bench i think he got a stinger or something and he, i've never seen a more angry looking man in my life Ooh. he was he was he got an he got an injury or something and he was really really angry looking yeah i don't man our, our i'm just shocked that our special teams is this good i haven't i, I didn't actually go through it i haven't gone through it yet you got is... a great kick return success rate we're actually moving the ball on returns so that comes from mccall hardman doing all right and sony michelle in the first two games i know um and our punter our, our... dmx loving punter yeah i mean is just he's just really good yeah our, our punt success rate is 16th in the nation. Our kick return success rate is 19th in the nation. I mean, that's really, really good. One thing this chart does not show us is a national average, but at 16, I would venture to guess that the it's national average has to be in the 90s. 60, I'm sorry, yeah. Our punt success rate is 84% of the yeah. time we have a successful punt. So if to get in the top 10, you got to be talking low 90s, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. This has been Chapel Bell Curve. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere else you can find and subscribe to a podcast. You can get in touch with us on Facebook by searching Chapel Bell Curve. 
by email at chapelbellcurve at gmail.com and on Twitter and Instagram at chapelbellcurve where Nathan is very, very active and will probably uh, harass you here and there. I'm probably going to Yes, yes I, I very much will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also go check out our new website, chapelbellcurve.com. I don't know how new it is at this point. We're already eight episodes away. We've been saying that for a while, but it is uh, still new to us and we're still very excited about it. Uh, Nathan likes to post all of his observations immediately after the game, as well as our stat sheets and everything else we draw from these episodes. Uh, it'll be a hub for all of our new content and all those blog posts and Twitter feeds and everything that I just spoke about. Uh, if you enjoyed today's episode, though, please leave us a rating and a review. It helps us out tremendously in getting through to new listeners. Um, and as always, we're going to catch you in the classic city. But until then, go Dogs. Go dogs.